0: Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words. Hello, Mark Homer here and welcome to Mark My Words. Now, I get asked frequently how to get out of a sort of car, maybe a lease agreement or end contract hire early or, you know, how do I, you know, often people will buy a car and and then they can sell it whenever they want. But if they go into one of these sort of, um, you know, agreements, whether it's leasing or contract hire or hire purchase or, you know, flexi lease or whatever, people often want to know if they can get out of them early. So this is very much dependent on the type of agreement and who you've got the agreement with. Now, the two most common forms of leasing for individuals are contract hire and PCP. Um, Now, if you've got a contract hire vehicle, that's typically what I do, contract hire. You know, the term contract hire is sort of interchangeable with leasing, or, or people commonly call it leasing, but the correct term is actually contract hire. Um, this will be a fixed term agreement. Usually they're 24, 36, or 48 months. Um, you know, the nature of this contract is normally it's a fixed agreement and you're expected to fulfill the contract. Um, so basically, the monthly payment you're paying has been calculated using the term you required. Um, so, you know, where you wish to sort of end the term early, you know, early termination you'll usually have to pay a minimum of 50%, half of the remaining rentals. Um, my experience is they'll make you pay all of them, most of the the companies. Um, yeah, you can send the car back early, but you will have to pay all the remaining sort of rentals on it. Um, so, you know, not very flexible. Uh, Contract high can be really cheap. Obviously, it's good on a Merc or an Audi or BMW or can be good. You know, on, on maybe Skoda or Ford or Volkswagen, they're they're all typical sort of contract hire vehicles. If you go with a deal, obviously I've talked about this before, gone, um, central leasing, they're good. Or um Freedom Contracts, um, or maybe applied leasing. But um the confused dot com of contract hire is, is called leasing com. If you go on there you'll find some really, really good deals. But the downside is you can't use well, you can end them early, but you usually have to make all the remaining payments um so that can be quite difficult um so they're not particularly flexible um so if you um in some limited circumstances you can sometimes end contract hire early i've seen it where you know if a car has been stolen uh the obviously insurance company pays out and pays the remainder or the the value of the vehicle back to the finance company Um, you know serious illness with evidence, uh, death, or maybe serious vehicle malfunction, that can sometimes end the contract hire, you know, if, if you went to the company with that, but typically it is very, very inflexible. If you're concerned about having a contract hire car and you want to end it, ask the supply and dealer or credit broker, to offer a shorter agreement, you know, sometimes there are twelve-month agreements. About twenty-four months is common. Uh, Thirty-six months is common. Uh, you know, just, just don't go on the sort of forty-seven-month one. Um, you know, sort of so, sort of go on a, a reduced um, reduced period. Now, personal contract hire or PCP is a different form of lease. At the end of the contract, you either pay the guaranteed future value or balloon, as it's commonly known. Um, you sell the vehicle or you return it. And should you wish to terminate early, the most likely option to be offered um, is you know pay an amount equivalent to 50%, half the remaining rentals or more, or return the vehicle to the finance company. Um, or obviously pay pay the settlement which the finance company offer offer to you with a view to then selling it perhaps. So, with PCP, you're you're able to enter into a process called voluntary termination, where you have the option to return the vehicle to the finance company when you've paid at least half of the total amount payable or more. This is sometimes referred to the rules of halves and thirds. Uh, And in this regard, a PCP arrangement may offer the opportunity to return the vehicle with no further cost to pay. Now, many car lease agreements have a buyout provision. They'll allow you to purchase the vehicle at any time during the lease for a specified price. They will usually credit a percentage of the lease payment towards that purchase. And this can be the least expensive way to get out of the car lease. So in in order for it to make sense, the resale value of the car has to be equal or more to the buyout price of the car. For example, um, if you are three years into a five-year lease and the vehicle has a buyout price of, let's say, 18000 You could make the purchase and then sell the car, but only if the retail value of the car is 18000 or more. Now, if you buy or lease a new car with the same dealership, um, this this will probably be of no help if you're looking to get rid of your monthly payment and only some dealers offer to do this. But if you want to get out of your lease early so that you can buy a new car, this could be the way to go. Just understand that while this is an easy way to get out of your current lease, it does come with some hidden costs. Car dealers have got love nothing more than for previous com- customers to come back in, purchase a new vehicle from them. Clearly they make money out of the old vehicle and the new one. And it doesn't matter that the current vehicle has a loan or lease on it. Or even if the owner owes more than the car is worth, dealerships have a, a sort of workaround to deal with that. Since you're an existing customer through your lease, the same dealer can put you into a new car, but they take out any existing balance on your current lease and roll it over onto the new lease or loan on your next car. That means you may owe more on the next car than it's worth. So say your remaining lease obligation is 20,000, but the car has a wholesale value of, say, 15, um, or should I say a trade value of of 15. That means it would cost you about 5,000 to get out of the lease with the new dealer, but then they roll it into the new car. So they might convince you to buy another car for 25,000. You've got nothing to put down, so your loan will be based on the 25,000 pound purchase price of the new car or maybe not because remember the 5000 deficiency on your current lease well it'll still be there it'll be added to the new loan that me- which means instead of owing 25000 pound on your 25000 pound brand new car you may owe 30000 um you know in the in the car industry it's called cool being upside down on your car but that's how a dealership can resol- resolve your sort of lease deficiency with the purchase of a new vehicle I'd say with any of these deals, it's really important to get everything down on a spreadsheet to work out the total cost of ownership and the total cost of getting in and out of these leases. Um, You know, (laughs) dealers love talking about monthly payments and how much deposit you put down because it masks and cloaks the amount that the car is really costing you. But actually, you should focus on what it's actually costing you and the APR because they're the most important variables. Yeah, the cash flow may be important, how much you've got to put down, but... What is the P&L? What's it actually costing you over the long term? That's what I focus on the most. So we have a series of, of minis and and some sort of Toyota iGos and little Hyundai's. We we get the cheapest things possible for our rental management cars for our letting agency, uh, and they all get run through. They're all on contract hire. It's probably the cheapest way to go. We we don't like getting expensive ones because um, they like to crash them. Uh, and then we end up with the sort of uh, premium to pay for, to the insurance company the, in the subsequent year when the insurers had to pay a load of money out. So we like to keep the claims down. Um, and um, they're all on contract hire, probably about £100 a month would be the average amount. Obviously, we we do some pretty heavy mileage in them, uh, try and keep them to sort of three or four years. Um, we sign write them often. So we tr- tend to try and have them for a bit longer, deal with the maintenance ourselves, and... Um, it's just a sort of hassle-free option, but we always go with a deal. So I'll go on leasing.com, I'll find the cheapest model at that point, and then maybe try and get four of them or six of them, something like that. So that that's something that we do frequently. If I'm getting a contract to hire a car, it might be for my wife. She's got a Range Rover Sport. Um, there was a deal on it. was four thirty plus VAT a month. She runs that through her sole trader um, operation because, you know, sort of marketing and interior design. Um, but you can also run them through partnerships or through limited liability partnerships, um, and you don't have the normal issues where, you know, if you take a car which is contract hired or leased to a limited company, you'd have benefit in kind payments, so accountants will just tell you to claim mileage, but that that isn't the case with if you're running through a sole trader partnership or limited liability partnership, otherwise known as LLP, which is quite common. Um, my car, I have a Porsche 911, uh, I bought it with finance. I don't like changing them too often. Things like that are no good for contract hire. I paid seventy-seven thousand for that, and I got that car four and a half years ago. It's still worth fifty, so it's dropped twenty-seven thousand in sort of four and a half years. So if you work that out, it's just I don't know, just over six grand a year depreciation. I service it every couple of years, which costs me eight hundred quid because it's a Porsche, and uh, I think it could be cheaper than buying a new Mondeo, to be honest. It's it's 2013. Um, I probably will get the new 911, and I'll buy it again, but I'm going to wait until it's a year or two old because I want some money to come out of it. At the moment, they're all sort of over 100 grand. I think it's too much. So I think the depreciation curve on those, it'll be better when there's a nine in front of it, I think. Um, And then hope to do the same, maybe sort of depreciate seven grand a year. Maintenance might be a grand 1500 a year. Uh, And then I usually finance it. And the finance... Generally a pay sort of five to six percent APR um, and then those payments get offset within an LLP so all the payments go through an LLP all the maintenance goes through an LLP and gets offset against the income into that LLP which you know could be uh, in, in our case it's a training business uh, all the insurance and you know all the other costs of running it so um, you know there's some good sort of tax benefits of doing it that way around so you absolutely must go and search for new insurance every year and what i would do i just go on uh, money saving expert go in the insurance section and it will tell you uh the four or five websites comparison sites to go on each year Uh, and they don't change very much for the last few years it's been confused um compare the market um compare and uh money supermarket if you do those four you usually end up with the lowest quote for insurance you're going to contract hire the car or lease it, you you, you need to tell the insurance company. Um, I'm finding increasingly now there is a drop down which just says contract hire or lease or whatever because they're quite used to this now um, and you can just tell them that up front. It doesn't seem to uh, affect the premium because they, they, they seem to be used to the whole thing as well. We used to have fleet insurance for all of our cars and then as they got crashed by various individuals... Um, And claims started going through. It affected the premiums on all the cars. So I really like to silo them now, have separate policies. And then if there's a a crash, it sort of sticks with that person. Um, You know, so then if I'm insuring my car or someone else is insuring their car, it's in their name. uh, It doesn't have the same effect, even if you put the offending party on as a name driver. Um, So I hope that's helped you. Um, Quite concise, it's been Mark Homer for Mark My Words.